Welcome to the Productivity Breakthrough Podcast. I'm Elise Enriquez, your breakthrough coach. I am known for meeting people where they are and delivering practical insights so they can be more productive. Most people hear the word productivity and they think it's all about getting things done. What actually moves us forward in life and business is getting things known, getting things prioritized, and illuminating the next steps so you can achieve the goals that matter most to you. Being truly productive means being just as okay with what's not getting done as you are with what is getting done. If you are ready to create productivity breakthroughs in your life and business, then you are in the right place. I am so glad you're here. Now, let's create some breakthroughs. Hello, everybody. I am so glad you are here with me this week. And before we get started, I have a special invitation for you. If you are listening to this episode the week that it goes live, which is August 8th, I've got big news for you. I am running my popular and free Dare to Prioritize Challenge, and it starts next week. So head on over to EliseEnriquez.com forward slash challenge to make sure you get signed up for this. So really in today's episode, Wendy and I are talking about living with intention and giving yourself time each day to be more intentional. Guess what? That is exactly what the Dare to Prioritize Challenge is all about. By the end of this challenge week, so it's a week-long challenge, by the end of that challenge, you will have the tools and the practice you need to be more intentional with your time so you can make progress on what matters most to you right now. Again, EliseEnriquez.com forward slash challenge. I want to make sure you have that information. It will be in the show notes, of course, but I want to make sure you have that so that you can get signed up and join us. We're going to have so much fun. This is a live challenge. I will be showing up with you every day live in this challenge. All right, on to the episode. So I had so much fun chatting with Wendy Pasilico. She is an athlete, a coach, a mentor, an explorer, and the founder of June. So she draws on her special education experience, human development background, and a lifetime experience in competitive sports and the most up-to-date research on high performance. And in doing so, she created the June Performance Mindset Coaching Process. She designed her coaching for anyone in transition in a transition period looking to harness the power of perspective. Wendy helps ambitious humans instigate the connection with who they are and who they were born to be because the imprint they leave on their people and the world matters. I cannot agree more. Wendy and I are so aligned in our purpose and what we do. We had so much fun chatting about all sorts of stuff from sports to the guitar to parenting to living on your edge and to making change through silence and peace and rest and being still. So I hope you enjoyed this interview. Hey, Wendy, thank you for being here on the podcast. I am so glad you are here today. So where are you coming from when on this call to, or on this podcast today? Where are you at? So I am actually in my hometown where I grew up in Huntington, Aww. Long Island, New York. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I have a big uh, traveler all my life, but this is something, summers in New York, we can't beat them. Oh, that's so but, cool. Yes. And so we're back in New York with my daughter and my mom and my entire family. So that's good. Oh, that is neat. So uh, if y'all were watching on video, you would see that Wendy's got a guitar in the background. We've already been talking about guitar this morning, <laughs> both of our struggles in learning guitar. So like the want of learning something that just doesn't come natural is the interesting battle inside. Like you want to go walk towards it, but you're like, Oh, this is so hard. So. Well, and 
And as with guitar, especially, I mean, well, any any kind of music or any kind of art, really. I mean, you're still using your body, but like even for you as an athlete, you've got to kind of be just like, come on, body, do what I want you to. <laughs> but it's also like the two hands working together. It's oh. very interesting as an athlete because I am a hand coordinated very, but then when it comes to music, not so much. See, that's so. my excuse is I'm definitely not hand coordinated. <laughs> So, so it's not just it's not just we're going to talk about your time as an athlete or just well you are an athlete but your time as a professional athlete but uh, before we go there I want to really kind of get in the wayback machine and people already heard a little bit about this in the intro but you know you started out in teaching and and specifically you have an expertise in special ed I'm just curious with what you're doing now how has that kind of brought itself into the work that you do or inspired or or informed the work that you do. So, yes, I worked in my 20s in Harlem, uh, special education. I got my master's at NYU. And I, I think in our walk of life, I think sometimes most people do not look at their journey as how much they can bring into where they are yeah. at the current time. And when I, that question's so great because I, I think I don't even think about it all the time of how really that time in my life has prepared me for my coaching prepared me for um, the struggles when we're talking about like learning a like instruments that's struggling. Right. Um, because I think when I taught in special ed, I, I think the biggest thing I learned was, you know, everybody has a gift and it doesn't always look the way the world sees gifts like or mm-hmm. those grandiose gifts. And I had so many different kids. I taught second grade special ed that I had to find their gift. Like I had to help them feel good about themselves because they struggle. They struggle with work. They weren't really, I would say always anybody who's emotionally disturbed usually has a learning disability or learning disability has emotional problems. So like, I don't think it's any different than sometimes when I'm coaching because people get frustrated, not feeling good about themselves. Yeah. And whether I taught in Harlem or whether I taught my golf, all of it is about feeling good about yourself. And, and finding that thing that makes you shine and also like finding what you're struggling and how to get through that moment. So I think all my walks of life, especially in my 20s, the Harlem, has taught me to be patient, mm-hmm. uh, taught me to be like curious about the human of what's special with them. Yeah, I would say those two things, patience and curiosity. So I'm like already taking a bunch of notes. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm sure, well, anybody, if you're listening while you're driving, please don't be taking notes. But anybody else, I'm sure you're already taking notes. But I love that, finding what is that special gift that each person has. So what does that look like now in your coaching practice? Mm, such a good question. So I like that's my theme. So um, mm-hmm. it's taken a long time to figure out how I want to stand in my brand. But um, the biggest thing I was always, and it goes back to the 20s, is like everyone has a gift. How do I put this out to the world? So the brand that uh, the name of my company is called Live Your June. Yes. The reason it's called Live Your June is because I believe everybody has a unique, bold imprint to make in the world. Mm -hmm. And how you make that is really, you have to do the inner work to really be clear with what makes you come alive, what makes you shine and also pushing your edge to bring out your potential and to take in any influential people that have made an impact in your life. What, what do you take from those people? Mm-hmm. So then you can make your mark for future generations. And so the uniqueness, I think um, it's easy to say, 
But if you don't do the inner work, looking back at your experiences, what makes you tick? Mm -hmm. um, I think that's where people get lost because they're living in this, like maybe they're doing something because they think they should do it or... So I think really going down to that inner being of what makes you special is so important. Um, and I think that's where you're asking. So what's interesting about that, though, is like you're, what I'm hearing you say is kind of you're, you're helping people see that in themselves. And what I, I think is interesting, you know, for us as coaches is that what I've noticed is people either can fixate on the problems of their past or, or even past successes that they can now not create, you know, recreate for some reason. Like they're just like, Oh, I used to. And you know, that kind of thing. Or they're so focused on like the overwhelm of the present or worrying about the future that they can't see the big overall patterns. And it sounds like you're helping them see like, look at you, look at yourself over time and look at how you can leverage this information to really get you to where you want to go. And I think that's, that's the fun part about what we get to do, right? Is like uncover these patterns and help people see them. And I was kind of called the patterns of struggle and success, you know? Yes. I mean, I think, I, I think we're constantly evolving as humans and we have to like, if you can come up with, this is my core of the beginning when I work with someone, it is um, really getting clear on their ethos, getting clear on their personal philosophy, their guiding principles, because then you can make decisions that align with who you are. Yes. And I think a lot of people don't have that clarity. So then they're making decisions on the fly or they're making, you know, reliving patterns. I'm like, why? I like, and they know it's not right. Somewhere they can't get out of that. Which is why they're stuck, right? They yeah. like deep down, yeah. their deeper wise self for like really knows this. <laughs> yep. So it's uh, the loops, that pattern loop. We all have them. I mean, I'm working with my own coach actually after this call and she works with EMDR. Have you heard of it? Mm hmm. I don't remember what it stands for, though, <laughs> but I've heard of it. It's like about your past stories and how they can keep you stuck in a pattern. So mm -hmm. it's like the work I do, I see the same work as what, when I'm coaching someone. Like I have my own stuff. We all do, right? Yeah. yeah. No, it's like yeah. I always say great coaches have great coaches. So <laughs> it's like we're not in this on our own. <laughs> no, not at all. Not so, at all. But the thing is, you obviously you didn't stay in teaching because now you're a coach. But even before that, though, you left this career in teaching, this expertise that you had. And so you transitioned to golf. But from what I understand that, like, it's not even a game that you a sport that you love. So tell how the heck did this happen? And how long were you how long were you in golf actively? So basically, quick story. Um, I was on a spring break. I, I was teaching in Harlem. My dad was like, come play golf. You know, I was around that world, but I played everything but golf. And so one day I hit balls with my dad and I heard this guy going, Joe, she can hit it better than you. And then another guy that same day was like, Joe, she's got talent. She's really good. And at the time, I think I was 29. And uh, that night my dad said, why don't you give this game a try? And I was thinking, wow, I, I really left a lot of talent inside of me during, even though I played Division One lacrosse in college, I, I really didn't have coaches that pushed me. Yeah. And I, and I felt so alive playing a sport. But then I was like, I am so old. Like, who the hell does this and takes up a sport? Because how old, how old were you when this happened? I was 29. Yeah. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so start a new sport. <laughs> 29 that people, you know, work their whole lives. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, most, you know, most of my friends were getting married and you yeah. started to like settle in. And here I was like taking on this whole different path. 
I don't know if I consciously thought like direction. Like I knew I just like, I, I was really living towards like what brought me alive. I had no clue how to get there. And then um, like I dabbled for the first year and a half. I had gone to Asia and played as an amateur for four weeks and I came back and worked. Wait, wait. So wait, I, have a, I have to clarify. That's dabbling? Playing in Asia as an amateur true, is dabbling. True, but I felt dabbling because I had no clue really. I didn't know what I was doing. So like someone had invited me. I went for four weeks. I was a year, <laughs> year and a half in and I said, let me see what the best in the world thought of my swing. So I went to Vegas where Butch Harmon taught Tiger Woods. Um, and I did a school with them for three days. And who was there was Tiger Woods. Oh my and gosh. <laughs> by the last day, Butch Harmon's son took me, it was come with me. And I thought he was going to videotape me swing. And there I was standing behind Tiger Woods. And he was like, let me see you hit one. And I was like, what? And I think that's what triggered me. Like, I was like, I can do what he, like, I don't know if I can be Tiger Woods, but like, wow, I'm in front of this like amazing human that it's like hits this ball so smoothly. And I think I have somewhere to get more talent out of me. How do I do this? Yeah. And they you guys took me on and I moved out West and I played for seven years, like never made it to the LPJ, but I was like doing it. And I, I uh-huh. it was the story, I think the biggest lesson, like in that journey is like, um, the push of seeing what I was capable of. Yeah. No one else to blame. I had no road. I had no road path. There was no like someone saying, okay, this is the way you do it. Like I was experimenting. Okay. Who do I work with? How can I do this? And I, I think, um, I learned a lot about myself by doing it. So whether you try, whether the listeners are curious about something and they, that brings them alive, I always say like, it doesn't have to be playing a pro sport, but like you right. have to dabble in it. Like why, why are you drawn to that thing? And, and like kind of explore research. And I think, that is my biggest thing with my clients or anybody. Like I want them to like, if you're curious about something, try it because you never know where it takes you. I mean, it, mm-hmm. yes, I wanted to be on tour. Did I get there? No, but the journey it took me on was incredible. Well, and I, I love that. I mean, you're saying research, but what I'm really hearing you talk about is actually getting out and doing something. Whereas I think some people can take research as, okay, I'll read about it. I'll think about it. I'll journal about it. I'll talk about it. Right. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. And so if you're still excited about it, then just go try something, right? And it, and sometimes even talking through the next actions, I find that people can go, oh, never mind, because that really can be enough to say never mind. But other times it's just like, okay, you're not saying never mind. So go on now. I like, feel like I'm like, like, get out of the nest, like take a, <laughs> take a little and- flight. But I'm hearing you kind of like you bounced around, right? Like you tried things, you experienced things. It was like, not this, so I'm going to try that. Not this, so I'm going to try that. Until you were like, oh, okay, this. And then you did more experimenting to find like the next direction, the next path. Yep. And I also think, you know, everyone thought I was nuts. There's two things. When you're doing something that isn't aligned with society or what your family thinks, sometimes you have to go against the curve because you're drawn to it. And was that fun? No. Some people like, oh, she's, you know, what the heck is she doing at the in 30s going after the sport? I would say that that is a, when you're doing something that's, uh, even when I had a baby on my own, you're doing something that's ex- totally outside the the norm. You're going to get a lot of naysayers. You're going to get a lot yeah. of people questioning you. And you have to really ask, like, is this something for me that I want to try? Because mm-hmm. I think that can stop people in their tracks. 
Like yeah. it's crazy to think that to run your own company. Whatever, it doesn't even have to be big. Why are you trying guitar? You know, yeah, totally. Whatever, it doesn't have to be big. I would say that, like, really ask yourself, no, this is good for me. You know, this is good for me, and I'm sorry that you don't agree with it. Because I had a lot of naysayers in those two things, golf and having a baby on my own. And they're people I love. So sometimes the people you love don't always, they don't mean to say it, but they want to direct you what they think is good for you, but right. maybe it's not good for you. Yeah, they're uh, like, they're not you. They're not inside of you going, feeling all the things you're feeling. And yeah, I think it's it's like, is this about them or is this about you? When they're When they're saying these things, it's like, is this their fear? Because they can't see themselves doing it, but they probably have taken risks in their lives that were against the grain, right? But because it felt right to them, but this, your thing didn't feel right to them. So they're like questioning it and worrying about it. What did your, so was your dad like, I created a monster, like I talked her into going golfing and now look at her. When I came back from that school, one of the Harmon guys were like, we'll help you. And I hear it was I hit balls in front of Tiger. I came back. I mean, I was 31, maybe. And I came back and I was like, oh, my God. And I was so excited. And my dad said nothing. And this is the guy who told me to go do it. Right. Because I don't think he thought I was really going to be serious to take it into that direction. Because I was like, I'm moving out there to work with these guys. And he was Mm -hmm. like, you're doing what? You're leaving this. I come from a big Italian New York family, one of six. Um, So I think he was like, what is she doing? And I don't think, I, I think it's hard for, you know, I don't have a. My child's only nine, but like it's hard for parents when kids go in a direction they're like, they want them to be safe. They want them to, yeah. you know, not get hurt. And it is, it was a sacrifice. Like I, I miss my family. I, but when you want to try something, sometimes you have to take the sacrifice to see what's possible. So that's what I did. I don't know if it's your, your New York upbringing or what, but, or, and just, I'm a, I'm a Seattle Storm fan. I'm a WNBA fan. I don't know if you watch any WNBA, but Sue Bird oh, yeah. is retired. She's yeah. like, you know, the goat. She's, She's our amazing point guard who's been with Seattle the whole time. And she's, she just announced her retirement and just played in New York, uh, yesterday, um, for her final, her final New York game. But, uh, what you're talking about, like, it makes me think of her too, where she's, she's sacrificed so much. She's living on completely opposite coast, right? From her whole family, her nieces and everybody to do this thing that she just loves. It brings her alive and she found the place to do it. And I think that that's, that can be hard and people can love you. And not always say the best things because <laughs> they, they love you. They love you. They want you around, right? But I think you have to like, there's always a sacrifice. There's a sacrifice to stay safe. There's a cost, right? Like mm-hmm. we're, what's the cost? Like I remember this guy when I, when I had played only the summer when I just started playing and he had, I only had like a lesson once a week. I didn't know what I was doing. And he, and I said, you know, my dad says you can try this for a year, but I'm not sure I should leave my my Harlem job because I went to school, like all of it looked up good on paper. I was like leaving this right. whole career I had built. And he was like, he literally said, he puts his hands up like this, like a balancing, like, like a scale. Harlem yeah. Golf, Harlem golf. He's like, you will kick yourself in 10 years if you don't try this. And my life has totally changed. Did I make it? No, but yes, I made it for myself. Cause I, yeah. I really, the journey has brought me closer to really knowing myself. And I think yeah, I so- wonder if you would be a coach now, do you think? Uh, a coach in? In what you do, like the, the kind of coaching you do now, if oh, you wouldn't no, have. I yeah. I, don't, I mean, I think I would have been, I think, you know, I don't know if anybody out there feels this way, but like, I didn't wake up until, until I was in my 30s doing golf. I felt very like I was going in the direction of what I thought I should do. 
I oh, thought yeah. I was, I think I was living safe. I think I thought I was waiting for the guy to marry mm-hmm. me and to start a family. Like what society puts, paints this picture. Yeah. And not to say you can't have the picture. I'm not ever putting down the picture, but I think the journey is our own journey within ourselves to find what's best for us. And yeah. sometimes it doesn't look what we think it's going to look like if we take different steps. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I think if you're feeling like, I don't know, I'm, li- I'm talking to your listeners. I'm just trying to think. Do but it. If yeah. You're feeling like off or stuck or you don't feel like vibrant in the morning. You got to ask yourself, like, what is it that brings you alive? And like, what, what's one action that you could take? Because that, that's the thing I see when I look at people or, you know, go, you know, at the coffee store. I, I just feel like people don't have that vibrancy that I wish. It's just, it's like, it's a gift to be in a space that you like really actually love yourself and you're mm-hmm. not putting yourself down. And, and the work that you can do for yourself is, is a hundred percent worth the investment over anything because I just think it, it brings you down a road that you never imagined. You, you can't even imagine what's possible. Oh my gosh. You are so cute. Okay. Wendy is so alive right now. <laughs> You're so cute. You're just like, no, this is what I love. This is why I love talking to people is hearing like the thing that they are passionate about and you want, and, and you've already talked about it a little bit already, but like, what is the imprint you want to leave? And I think it's hard to leave an imprint when you're not feeling great, you know, and there can be lots of reasons for not feeling great. But if it's because you followed what you thought was the plan, like you said, that society has laid out for us all the boxes you could check versus going, that's a possibility, right? This quote unquote plan is really just a possibility. And I can try some of it if I want to. And if I don't like it, I can do something else, right? I, I did the, I checked all the boxes except for kids. I checked all the boxes except for kids. I, you know, got my degree, I got a job, I married the guy, I did all of it and found myself at, you know, almost 40 going, oh, yep, not this, <laughs> not this, you know? So what made you like, like, what was the thing that goes, uh-uh, I'm not doing this? Well, for for me, it was that I was, I was becoming a coach. So from 2000, I started my coach training in 2009. And that whole journey of learning in that way, and then starting to work with other people, I started to feel like a hypocrite at some point going, wait, wait a minute, I'm not fully alive. Like I'm not living my values completely like I, I am, but it's in this constant sh- struggle with somebody else and that it's okay that our values aren't aligned, right? I kept, I kept trying to make it work and it's like, it's okay that our values aren't aligned. Like that doesn't have to, that's nobody's fault. That doesn't have to be anybody's big deal. And I actually just recorded one of my solo episodes about this where for me, it was about sure those, those checking all those boxes made sense at the beginning because they were kind of fundamental, you know, career and life and stability kind of things. But once he and I checked those boxes together, it became more about why are we here? You know, what are we doing here? And I really cared very much and and care very much about that. And we just didn't have alignment that way. I'm like, oh, I don't have to keep doing this. It's okay. It wasn't easy. (laughs) It wasn't easy. like, Like taking the harder road. Like, the, yeah. there's, like, what path are you taking? Are you willing to take the harder road? And you took it and look at where you brought you. I mean, oh my gosh, awesome. I'm like ridiculously happy. So well, my wife and I talk about that now. So I'm remarried. Um, we've been, we'll be married two years in July, but we, and we talk about doing the right thing, even if it's the hard thing, you yeah. know? And so, and I think the, I think some people can think of the hard thing as, you know, nose to the grindstone work, which that is sometimes a hard thing. And the hard thing for us is, you know, like actually listening to yourself, 
checking in with yourself, feeling the hard feelings, having the hard conversations. That's the kind of hard work that I want to be partnered with somebody in doing, whether we're having hard conversations together or we're supporting each other and having the hard conversations with somebody else or we're challenging each other to do the thing that we really want to do, right? And so I think it's you can do it on your own, and but if you're going to do it with a partner, then you got to find a partner that's going to really be aligned in the stuff that and the in the kind of, like you said, the imprint that you're wanting to make is there at least some sort of alignment with that person? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, it's you you said it. It's like the foundation sounds so simple. It's like checking in with yourself. It's like, and when you're doing the hard thing, you, you said that also. I, I think of my IVF when I was single. No yeah, kids. I was, I, I was going to ask next about that because you, yeah. you, you, you're like, you're, you listen to yourself and you're like, I want a freaking kid. So yeah. So how did all of this come yeah. about? Was this, yeah. had you already left golf yet? I mean, in terms of the pursuit of the, of the LPGA or? Yeah. So I think I, I got tired at 36 of dragging my bag around. And so I <laughs> yeah. said, you know, and again, I didn't know what I was doing. So I ended up teaching in the industry in New York for 10 years. But in the midst of that, I found myself still single. It's not like I didn't meet men. I didn't, I mean, they were there. It's just nothing resonated, right? And um, really what happened is I always talked it. And then this goes back to action. You know, I, I was like, I'm going to freeze my eggs at 35. I asked my doctor. She said, find a man. I just let her run me. Like I knew I should have freeze my eggs. And like I was just mm-hmm. listening to her. And then but a couple of years go by and then, all of a sudden, I'm 38, and then I'm married men are, you know, like hitting on me or, and I was like, okay, all of a sudden, my brother, this is a, this is a hard story, but like my brother had a five week old baby girl, and he calls me and she's diagnosed with um, cancer, a kidney oh. cancer, five weeks old. And I was in the hospital with him because I was one of six kids. Everybody else had kids and I was the one available and I was sitting with them for a week and all this news is horrible news. Yes. And I'm like, this little girl, she had her kidney taken out. Whitney, her was her name. Angel Whitney was like fighting for her life. And I'm like, why am I not like fighting? And that, like, that little girl, she, she lived for a year. She passed, um, but she is my angel. Like she allowed me to push to do this IVF. And I think I say this to your listeners as a sense of don't wait for tragedy to like wake you up. Mm-hmm. Take step now mm-hmm. because life, we don't have any guarantees. We have no, nothing is guaranteed. So if something's, you're like waiting for something to happen that's like, or waiting for the right answer, don't wait. Do what you want now. Whether it's something little, take up a guitar lesson or whatever. But find out. Find out. I was the fortunate one. I I was the fortunate one. And that little baby girl, Angel Whitney, woke me up and I I went towards it. And even then, I went towards having going to the doctor, and the doctor was like, "Mm, you should use an egg donor too. And I was like, what? I'm already using a donor. But anyway, during that struggle, I, I kept thinking it's easy to get caught in the the hardship, the hard stuff, yeah, and not move forward. But I always, I kept saying, this is not how to have a baby. But the end, I can't imagine not having my daughter. I cannot yeah. imagine, imagine not. She's nine, nine years old now, right? Her name's Josie June. But like her, <laughs> I mean, you never know. This is like, again, if you're something's pulling at you or you have an intuition to do something, there's a reason. And if you need to figure it out, like get a coach to like clear it up, to figure out what direction to help you. You only have the answers. Like 
we can only as coaches we can only guide like be the guides Like it's, I've always feel like it's facilitating their own discovery, right? And it's just like because people be like, just tell me what to do. I'm like, oh, that's cute. That's not that's not what we do as coaches. The good, the good ones. Like I really think you walk the talk, like I walk the talk. It's like we are here to hold the space for you to Mm -hmm. understand what your what your next move that's best for you. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, life is full of transitions. Yeah, and and whether we choose them or we don't. We have to learn about ourselves to get through them in the most, um, most ambitious self that we can be. Like, so those transitions, I mean, we're going to have stuff that comes to us, COVID, someone dying, uh, divorce that happens naturally. And then there's going to be times that you're feeling great. I'm not, maybe you're not feeling great, but you're pushing a transition. It's good. Transitions change is good. It's teaching us. And if you don't like it, try something else. Like, yeah. It's like when people do nothing, it's just want to be like, Come on. I got to check with you on something though, because I, something that stood out for me uh, when I was looking at some of your work is you're definitely about action, right? You're like, I'm watching, like, if you guys could have seen Wendy just now, she's like, Come on, like shaking her fist, like, do something, do something. And I'm, I'm that way. I'm totally an action bias. I, I talk about, you know, intention as like this formula of clarity, communication, and consistency of like, you got to get clear on what it is that you want. And to me, there's so much clarity that comes from taking action because you're, I think people don't want to hear, figure out not this. They're like, oh, dang it. It's not that. It's like, not this is good information. <laughs> it's not always fun, but it's good. If not this. Okay. Stop pursuing that. You get to try this now and try this and try this and try this until you find it. But one of the things that you talked about, you said, we well, talked about being like different topics for us to talk about. You said stillness is difficult these days with all the noise, the importance of stillness and how we have to be intentional. It was something that you were interested in talking about. And so for all of the action that you and I have in us of like wanting people to just take action, just try something, I would love to hear more also about stillness. I think that's a place where I'm that I'm working on, right? I'm working on meditation and stillness. And it's been very helpful for me, but I don't feel qualified to talk about it yet. So I want to know, like, what's your take on stillness, especially in this in this time in history? Yeah, I think... Gosh, we get pulled so many directions. There's things coming at us in all directions. And I think, again, it goes back to getting really clear on your ethos of who you are and the push. Like, I believe in the push. I believe in pushing your edge. But I also, the biggest answers come in, in the quiet and mm-hmm. stillness. And am I expert? And oh, it's like what really my my next version of me I want to like explore is getting clear on how to be still, create that stillness because that is where the magic comes. Mm-hmm. Um, I do thirty minute quiet meditation last two weeks, so it's not like I, I I mean I used to do it. Now I'm coming back to it, and it's okay to dance. Like that's yes. the other thing. People are hard on themselves, like oh I should I should have a better routine. I should have this. I should have that. But like, if there's a dance, like we're in season, sometimes we're in like a sports season, sometimes on the off season, like be mm-hmm. kind to yourself, be graceful and just do your best. But stillness is a must. Like I'm very, I do a be intentional challenge. Um, and I, I really make it simple, but if we're not intentional at the start of our day, mm-hmm. like how are we going to run our day? Totally. Really? And if you, and the only way you can get intentional is really get quiet. What kind of person do I want to be? Some people think it has to be grandiose 30 minute quiet meditation. I just think if you're just starting out, make it simple. 
just ask, like, what's the one word that I want to be more like today? Like, just a simple, something simple. Who can I bring my A game to today? Like, not maybe all about me. Maybe I'm, I'm today I want to give something to somebody else. Like, give my time. I'm going to shut off my phone to be more connected to my partner, to my kid. I, I think there's not enough intention to start the day. And yeah. people are just rolling through. And then time goes by. And then they... They get frustrated and they wonder why they don't feel good because they never really take the time for themselves to start the day. But they deserve the time that yeah. they, even, like you said, even if it's just five minutes, cause like I can hear people listening going, oh, kids and this or that, you know, all the things like, yep, all of, all of those things. And, and yeah. you deserve this time. I mean, this weekend I had a dear friend and her husband come and like, I totally went off my routine. Like I'm really trying to meditate every morning. And I was like, it's okay. I went back this morning. They're still here. They're leaving today. But you know what? I love the time with them. Now I'll get back. Don't be so hard on yourself. But the stillness is where the answers come. If you're listening, I don't care if you start with one minute. Turn off the music. Turn off the phone. Find a quiet space, make a religious space that's like, I don't want to say religious, but whatever your background is, you can just like a space that you know when you go there, you can turn it off. It could be like right now, like I'm not living in my home right now, but I go into my mom's living room. I, that's my spot. It's not mm-hmm. anything special, but like I open the door, I hear the birds in the morning, I wake up at 5 a.m. and I'm sitting in my little yoga spot. And like at the end, this is what I do. It doesn't mean it's right or wrong, but like random thoughts come up in that. And it's hard. Don't think I'm not looking at the timer. looking over. <laughs> at my, you know, I know like, I've done that where I'm like, is it still going? Did it stop? Did it? <laughs> but um, I have like a little app. I think it, I'll get the name of it, but um, I like the Calm app for if, if anybody's in need of app. Is, but there's also, um, hold on. It's called the it's Insight okay. Timer. Insight okay. Timer. And I just, cause I don't have any music with it, but it, every five minute, it gives me a little, I can do it. Um, I don't even think you have to pay unless you join like for more information. They have classes and stuff, but I like calm. I like anything that gives me, so it's a 30 day, 30 minute. If I'm doing 30 minutes, it's dinging. Like I have a really nice charm that goes off every five minutes so I can know, okay, that's like I've gone five minutes where I don't have to be. But I do think if, if, if you haven't done anything, just just one minute a day, shut it off. And re- even even think of breath as a, um, if you can't, if you don't know what to do, do a minute and just take in. We don't even not acknowledge our breath. We take yeah. that person. Like take in a deep breath. You could do a count four in, hold, six out. And just look, feel what's happening when you actually conscious breather. Like that, you don't know what will come out. And if you did that religiously, one minute a day, that's it. Mm-hmm. And see what comes up for you. I think you'd be surprised. Like how, what you feel in your body from a physical standpoint. Because sometimes I think we take advantage of our body where we're not even aware of what. Oh, completely detached. Like our heads are completely detached. I've, I've, I've been that way for sure. I, and go in and out of that. Like you said, like there are seasons where it's like, oh, yeah, I am completely mm-hmm. detached from my body. I yeah. like that you're what you're talking about, though, is that it can be small and to just try. So uh, it makes me think of James Clear's work with Atomic Habits of yeah. of getting the frequency and consistency in place before you amp up the intensity. 
Uh, and so like even today, like I hadn't been working out for the past week, my dog's been sick and I've had all these like excuses for not working out and I've just been getting back to it. But then it's just like, you know what? I, I was like, Oh, I got to be, you know, in time for Wendy's interview and da 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 da. And I was like, so I was like tempted to not do it. I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to just go down for five minutes. I'm going to get dressed, go down for five minutes because it's the consistency that matters right now. I can amp up my intensity later. So I love that you're talking about like, just take those small steps and get it into your life consistently. So you can just reap those benefits. And then if it's really working for you, you can always go longer if you want to. And the other thing I loved about what you just said was, you know, find your space and it might take multiple attempts to figure out. Cause like, I think a lot of people can think of like this ideal, you know, it's gotta be perfect and ideal and it can't be this and it can't be that. And I used to think it couldn't be my office. And mm. I have a chair. <laughs> Wendy can see me have me. I have a chair back there and a little ottoman. And I finally just let myself start doing it in my office instead of making like thinking it had to be upstairs. But all of my supplies, this is like my space. This is my room. My dogs come in, they hop on the chair with me and we meditate. And it's the best thing mm. ever. Like to feel their little breathing bodies next to mine makes me center on my breath too. And I've had seriously like very emotional experiences just sitting there with them feeling the joy of breathing of yep. like that there is air through our lungs you know it's just it's, it's been so cool mm -hmm. so yeah and, and, just do yeah. something <laughs> do something yeah, and try I mean, it something experiment. go outside shut off the phone and just be like be like the being yeah. part let, let's just be and even when you notice things don't judge it like I, I really talk about like in the being part, like non-judging because um, we're not that we're judging only out. We're judging us ourselves. Yes. Um, yeah. And just like notice the thought, let it go. My daughter does. I don't remember like when she was little, we did like um, this woman. God, I wish I knew the name, but we, it was a meditation and they would have, she talked about thoughts and in bubbles and they just pop and the bubbles pop. Yeah. And like you're going to have bubbles, like you'll think something that will bring you to another thought and just notice, like, don't, I think our, our, we're taught to make everything good or bad, right or wrong. Yeah. It's like, like, oh, I'm having a thought that's bad. I'm doing this wrong. So just let it, let it go. And that space is just for you to become aware. That's yeah. I love it. Yeah. This is, it's so, so interesting. Cause I had flagged that, like when I was reading through everything that we were doing in our prep and I was just like, huh. Look at this stillness part. And I, I love that that's something that is like kind of this next season for you that you're already, I mean, you're, you're already in the season, but like that you're really deepening it mm. in this really cool balance of somebody who is so much also about getting out into the world and trying things and experimenting and taking action that you still are making the time for the stillness so that that can inform the action to take, right? Like that's the thing. What's what's the point of taking action all the time if you're not pausing to reflect or pausing to just be? Pausing mm -hmm. to just be. I love it. So you talked about um, the Be Intentional Challenge. Uh, for anybody listening going like, what was that? What does she mean? What is she talking about? I'm putting a link to it in the show notes. I'll also put a link to the Insight Timer and the Call Map in the show notes. So that way y'all can just take a, take a stab. Like just take a try at having those calm, just be moments because I, I've been playing with it too and it feels – it's felt really good. It's felt really good. It's been good for my, good for my soul, no matter whether it's been five minutes or 20. I, I No, I've gone the most I've gone is 10 minutes, I think. And it's it's been fun when you don't when I'm like, oh, the timer already went off. I get so excited. I'm like, oh, I really let myself just like check out 
and it's all really and notice good. like that I think that's what you're saying it's like notice the awareness of after you do something like what do you feel different what's different by shutting it off what's different because we can just again just go 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 all of us like I'm like I'll even finish mine I'm running to something else like just take the awareness and 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 like just notice like this is important this is this will help me like this will help me find my next answers this will help me be more calm this will you know whatever that means to you so everybody has their own meaning that's the biggest thing like we're all unique like what resonates with you and me is different than everybody else. Yeah. So. And you mm-hmm. got to find that for yourself. Yep. I love it. I think we have to close on that. Is that okay? Awesome. I love it. I love it. Awesome. It's been a- Wendy, thank, you, so thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. I, I, I love it. Thank you so much, Elise. Oh my gosh, y'all. Wasn't that great? I seriously love talking to Wendy so much. There was so much more I wanted to cover and go over. But just some of the things that came out of that for me, just from the very beginning, she was hitting it strong with talking about how everybody has a gift and finding that thing that makes you shine and that that you can use to move things forward in all aspects of your life. I also loved our chat about the naysayers and how the naysayers, you know what, sometimes they're, they think they're doing it out of love, but they're also just scared for themselves and scared for you. Uh, And then finally, for somebody who's so action-oriented, both me and Wendy, like the two of us having that conversation, if you could have just seen her energy, it was so funny and fun and exciting to see how worked up she gets about people just trying things and do something to then have this conversation about stillness was really fun. And so all of this inspires, of course, a question of the week for you. So I want to know... What is it that brings you alive? And what is one thing you could do this week to feel more alive? What is it that brings you alive? And what is the one thing you could do this week to feel more alive? That's it for the episode this week. I want to remind you to sign up for the Dare to Prioritize Challenge. It is a week-long live challenge, and I promise you it is life-changing. So uh, go to eliseenriquez.com forward slash challenge to get in on that. We go live next week. I'm so excited to have you join us. So I will be back again with you next week here on the podcast. And until then, keep moving forward what matters most. Thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Productivity Breakthrough Podcast. Did you have a breakthrough today? Write to me and let me know. You can reach me, revisit anything we covered today, or uncover free resources over at EliseEnriquez.com. And if you know of other leaders in life and business who would appreciate a little help with their productivity breakthroughs, I'd love it if you'd share this podcast with them. And finally, remember to hit subscribe or follow so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.